0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. Apologies for the uh, semi-chaotic bell chime there. I'm in a slightly different position this morning because it's already 8.15. I don't know. I had to take a shower this morning, but I, I don't know why I got behind. Shouldn't have. (laughs) shouldn't have did we all know how that goes what is time ah today is Monday August 16th ah coffee tastes delicious yeah so I just got over a little so that I wouldn't be facing into the Sun and I'm also sniffly this morning for some reason my allergies are wanting to go today are you little gnat hovering here thought it was a spider at first the way it was hanging so still in midair. So let's see um, here I am back again after a uh, brief hiatus. I don't know does a hiatus have to be a particular amount of time um I missed a couple days seems like hiatus is a strong word for that but I warned you guys um so yeah we took the grandkids to water world on thursday and uh drove back on friday and i just um yeah i was kind of doing well to just get those things done (laughs) i'm tightening the strap on my sandals for those of you on video (sighs) and sniffing sniffling in case you wondered what i'm doing see my cute little sandals they're cute but i'm sliding them around sliding around in them so i have uh, cleverly deduced that i need to tighten the strap we'll see if that <coughs> works <coughs> excuse me jeez i don't know why my sinuses are going <coughs> crazy this morning It was very smoky in denver it's fortunately not smoky here which is a relief but um boy denver was smoky they Had a big um inversion going anyway as denver does on the summertime uh i grew up there you know and um i remember those summer inversions it's a trick of the landscape not entirely denver's fault but, um, having forest fires and the enormous ir- population they've got going now um, is exacerbating the problem. That helps. I'm gonna have to do the other shoe. Is that annoying watching me do this? Yeah, I'm gonna do it anyway. It's better than making an effort not to scratch my eyes, which is what I really want to be doing. <sighs> oh, this other shoes almost they were on different holes on the straps (sighs) so so um so yeah it was a good trip it was uh yeah nice to reconnect with the grandkids hadn't seen them since before the pandemic and then driving back on friday uh i did almost all of the driving on the way back so there was no working on the car (laughs) And so even though we left early, by the time we got home, um, and I maybe could have worked, but I was just tired. I was just brain dead. And so I decided to just treat the whole thing as a little vacation from the book. And this week I need to crank it, because next week I'm going on vacation yet again. Lately there's more vacation than working. That's how it feels anyway. So, um, yeah, I mostly just did like um, relaxing and businessy stuff over the weekend. I considered adding another day of writing and um, to make up for the lost days, but I thought, well, if I could do five solid days this week, that's ideal. So that's what I'm striving for. we were talking in the syphilis slacks um, about um in the writing accountability channel just about writing rituals and routines and stuff and uh someone was talking about how uh, they go for scenes instead of word count because if they have a word count goal don't mind me <laughs> oh, something must be blooming all of a sudden could be smoke I suspect the chamisa are starting to bloom and I am out in the garden so um what was I saying now I started thinking about allergies I was gonna tell you guys that I have friends who like who have allergies who don't go outside <laughs> I'm like this is not a sacrifice I'm willing to make I'm going to be out here in the garden anyway So, I was going to say something about that. (laughs) Getting five days. Oh, writing rituals. That some people um, go for scenes instead, because if they go for a word count goal, they end up like really padding and getting raggedy, (laughs) which I could totally see. And I have had friends who are um, established authors, um, novelists, who work the same way for the same reason. So it's worth mentioning. And I think that the, um, the way to know is in your developmental edits, in your revision process, do you cut or do you add? Which, which thing do you need to do? Particularly, which thing does uh, a professional editor tell you to do? For me, revisions are 95% of the time with a couple of salient exceptions. Um, and those were because I started in the wrong place the rest of the time it's adding I'm always adding so for me going for word count makes a lot of sense because I tend to be a concise writer anyway um you know like even when I was getting my PhD in science you know like my thesis was like the shortest one that the department had produced (laughs) and it wasn't because there wasn't good information in there people (laughs) but it was because, um, yeah, I just tend to be a concise writer. (laughs) Uh, I don't take a lot of time to say something and yeah. And, and so my edits are almost always, um, (sighs) (laughs) excuse me, I'm really sorry. This is probably obnoxious. (laughs) Um, That my edits are always, uh, can you give reaction here? Can you explain more? Can you describe, um, this feels like it goes too fast. (laughs) Gracious. Geez, I even made the chimes ring with that one. So, um, so yeah, but that is one way. If you tend to be someone who, and I have friends who do this too, who like write, 200,000 words for a 100,000 word novel so they have to cut like half and um if you tend to be that writer uh go through and <laughs> if you tend to be that soldier is what I want to say uh tend, go through and consider working in scenes instead of um, word count. It's one way to do it, to make yourself, uh, confine yourself from sprawling. Uh, that's why a lot of people like to pre-plot, because they think it keeps them from sprawling, too. And so people ask me that a lot, you know, like, how do I keep the book uh, to a particular storyline? How do I keep it from wandering off into other places if, if I don't pre-plot? I don't know I think it's just how my brain works I think it's for the same reason that I'm a concise writer I think I just tend to I cleave close to the point <laughs> everywhere except on this podcast <laughs> um, what I was saying um, if you're that soldier it was making me think of that my assistant Kareem, who is Dutch has pointed out that a very common typo that she sees in english books and she learned english entirely so that she could read uh books especially ones that like where they had been the first book in the series or the first couple books in the series had been translated to english and then or translated to dutch and then the rest were not and she wanted to continue the series so she had to uh learn english so she could find out what happens which is i think the best reason to learn a language um that and to communicate with the king that you just happen to be married to accidentally but that's uh that's how it goes bye um so but one thing that she has noticed is that uh a common typo is instead of soldier uh that people tend to have solider So in English, soldier is S-O-L-D-I-E-R. But sometimes people write it as solider, S-O-L-I-T-E-R. And they almost never mean solider. But because solider is a word, it doesn't get picked up as easily. And apparently American eyes go right past it. But it stands out to her. Uh, So every once in a while she sends me um, a screenshot of when someone actually meant solider. So that's a good one to check for if you have your little checklist of words, which I do, um, that you tend to misspell that make it through spell check, um, homonyms like that, or crutch words. That's a good one to check for. And I even have a couple of notes today. Notes. Um, One of them is this trope that I've been noticing lately that i have been you know sometimes you wonder is it that you've become sensitive to it or is there a preponderance of it which thing is it um so this could be something of both but i have noticed in a couple of recent books and now i've seen it at least three times recently and it could be more often than that but um yeah, three books recently. One might have been imitating the first, uh, which can happen, you know, like, uh, because the first book did quite well, and the second book was in the same genre, and so it could have been a case of, oh, I really like that trope, or I like that device. And then I saw it in another book in a totally different genre, and it's a device that i am not really excited about but what happens is is there will be a scene where the ex-girlfriend or otherwise conniving female strips naked and gets the guy into a compromising position now in the first two cases the ex-girlfriend had um turned up naked in his apartment, in his bed, you know, and, and we see this sometimes, right? You know, like where the, the hero, it happens in movies, you know, he walks into his bedroom and there is the naked woman in his bed and she's, you know, like, you can't resist me. And he's like, no, I can't, I can resist you. But then the, the heroine walks in and she's like, let me assume the worst of you. Uh, there are reasons why I don't like this device so yeah it's the she strips herself naked in an attempt to uh coerce him in some way and this results in either a massive understanding or dislike of the woman and so one of the reasons that I dislike this trope trope troper device I think it's more of a device than a trope Uh, a trope is a storytelling element. A device is like a, a tool, right? A tool. So what we're trying to do is show that this woman is a really bad woman, right? I mean, that's the, the intent of, of the device so that we dislike her. Um, the ex girlfriend has to do something. Slutty and shameful and manipulative, so that we dislike her. And <coughs> hang on a sec. Okay, there. Uh, yeah, she has to do something slutty and shameful so that we dislike her, so that we know that she is a bad person. TM. Uh, and then. I don't like it because it's a device for that only succeeds if there's miscommunication. In the third case where I saw it recently, it was a totally different genre and it was um, not resulting in a misunderstanding, but it was meant to demonstrate that the woman was was bad and evil. And I think it bothers me because there's this, I think, underlying misogyny there uh, that if a woman strips herself naked and makes that be a sexual invitation that this is evil of her that she um that she has no shame that she is immodest there's a lot of programmed misogyny that shows up in books especially in regards to competition with other women and i think that It's something for us to be really careful of because a lot of that is so stereotypical and cliche, but comes mainly from stories. It doesn't come from real life because I will ask you, those of you who have dated someone who had an ex-girlfriend, um, we could even limit it to men. Those of you who have dated men who had an ex-girlfriend. How often has it happened to you or to a friend that the ex-girlfriend stripped herself naked in order to tempt the guy back? For me, never. Never. I have dated men who have had exes who attempted to get them back. That was not the method that they used. Um, You know, flirting, talking. uh, The, I need you is is a big one um you know like my my husband's ex-wife that was a a very common gambit of hers and and one of his ex-girlfriends too that they would call him up crying and be like oh i i need your help only you can help me with this um if there's children involved it becomes even more fraught but none of them stripped themselves naked uh, and in the other case where you know like the attempt to seduce a guy I don't know i just have never (laughs) i certainly i've never done it i mean that's not if i were really interested in seducing a guy which i mean i've certainly chased men before but i never used the strip myself naked device so i guess i'm going to vote that we just ditched this device i just don't think i don't think it's useful i don't think it's relevant i think it's a lazy crutch and i think it perpetuates a a stereotype that um is it based on anything at all you know some stereotypes are based on things um they're you know people i've even heard people say things like well you know it's a stereotype because it's true or you know it's a cliche because it's real and that right there is you could argue with that but um, especially stuff that comes out of sort of the storytelling canon uh and especially something that's as misogynistic as that you can have a woman who a female character who is conniving and manipulative uh, without um shaming her for getting herself naked and being sexy thus endeth the sermon and uh on that note wish me luck getting 15 K this week. I need it. I'm a little past 50,000 so maybe we can do it. Uh, I will remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network and you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye bye.